0: Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM at AM 930. It's great to be with you another Monday evening reflecting into the richness of our faith. And if you are a faithful listener to this radio program, you know that each and every Monday we take up this this great topic, this great theme of our call to witness to our faith. And if you are listening out there in the international arena Um, Brazil, Italy, England, all of you countries out there, again, just wanted to extend my appreciation to you taking 30 minutes out of your time uh, to listen to us here in our friendly confines of Chico, California. It really is an honor that you invite us into your car, your room, wherever you may be listening to this radio program by way of uh, podcast and, and iTunes. So we do welcome you. This Monday, I, I have, well, Mary Waldorf with me, and, and you may know her because she was my first guest that I had. <laughs> so Mary, <laughs> it is great to have you back with me.
1: Thank you very much, Joe.
0: And Mary, of course, I have you with me because we are about to embark upon this, uh, this great apostolate, 40 Days for Life. And I was going back into some of the numbers yesterday and today, Uh, An apostolate that has literally saved thousands of lives um, since its beginning. So uh, I know you are the, as you say on your voicemail, the 40 Days for Life person. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, again, I have you here to talk about, you know, a little bit about 40 Days for Life. But also, Mary, I want to talk about this call we have to witness uh, to the whole pro life movement and some of the things that we need to be thinking about just not during uh, this 40 Days for Life that we are about to begin, but also just generally speaking, the importance of what it means to um, witness in silence and in prayer. So with that, maybe, Mary, a few details as it relates to 40 Days for Life.
1: Well, getting back to, you know, what is 40 Days for Life? And of course, it's 40 days of prayer and fasting, but there's three components to it. And one of them is the actual asking people to pray and fast for the end of abortion, not just in their towns, but that's the focus because that's where we have the most power, but also throughout the entire uh, world now because Mm -hmm. there are cities across the nation, but also 24 different countries that are now involved. Amen. So when you're out there praying, you're not just praying for the people that are passing you by and the people going in and out of the clinic, but you're praying for people who are dealing with the same issue throughout the world. That's the most visible portion of it, but the other part is the actual praying, fasting, for those people who can't come out to the clinics, but they're in union with people who are out at the clinic on the sidewalks. And then there's the other component, which is this is a part of, is the community outreach. So Mm -hmm. trying to educate people of, first of all, how precious they are and how unique they are. And if they're unique, Everybody else who's ever been conceived is unique Mm -hmm. because truly each person from the moment of their conception has changed the universe. Amen. So it's pretty spectacular.
0: We are all created in the image and likeness of God. And you know, today there's this almost uh, encouragement on some levels to make it out that some people are better than others. And it, that's, a, that's a tragic, tragic thing, Mary, to be able to see our brothers and sisters in Christ, which include those in the womb, as equal. When we can appreciate this for what it is, um, I think out from that our solidarity will come through and we, are, we will pray with more fervor, we will fast with more fervor. And again, these are things, as you talk about them, Mary, it's important to be uh, reminded that these are Uh, gospel imperatives, are they not? What does our Lord say about prayer? What does our Lord say about fasting? What does our Lord say about being in solidarity with our brother and sister in Christ, especially, especially those who are the most defenseless? Okay, so this 40 days for life in every way, not in some ways, but in every way is living the gospel.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's one of the things that drives me continuously is there's There's very few areas in the gospel where I can't relate this to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually being convicted by God constantly, whether it's in Genesis or through wisdom or through the Psalms Mm. or and, of course, through the gospels of what are you doing for the least of my children? Mm hmm. Who are, who's going to stand up for me? Who is going to be Christ for me? Mm -hmm. And there's always the song that's running through my head. Here I am, Lord. Mm. You know, do you want me? Here I, my hands are open. What do you want me to do?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and that is the disposition, you know, arms stretched out, hands open, Lord, here I am. That is the disposition that we are all to have. And we have to be willing to, Mary, to challenge ourselves. One of the things that comes out of Pope Francis's exhortation, Joy of the Gospel, is how we think about time. And I think it's my favorite piece because I've always contended that we will give away a lot of things, materials, money, but time, that is what we hold the most precious. So, for example, 40 days for life, one of the things that you ask is a half hour, hour of your time. And well, that's what we hold most dear. So that's the most difficult. And this is where the challenge lies. You know, when you talk about the virtue of generosity, it always has to be caught up in the language of sacrifice. Are you sacrificing something? Okay, so for example, we give clothes to the Salvation Army. And, and we think we are doing a noble and good thing. And do people need clothes? Of course they do. But are these clothes that you were not wearing? Are these clothes that were just kind of in your closet and they have holes in them now because the moss have gotten to them? Was it a sacrifice for you to give this away? You see, Mary, the virtue of generosity is always synchronized with sacrifice. And yes, it's between you and God. I mean, only God knows your heart, but you do have to offer up some sort of examination of conscience when it comes to what we are giving away and why we're doing it. Within the context of 40 Days for Life, my point is this. We have to be generous with our time. And if it means sacrificing something, Amen.
1: I love the scriptures because what did Christ say when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane? Mm
2: -hmm. And he
1: brought his, you know, all the disciples were there. I mean, all his apostles were there. But he pulled three in particular towards him. Mm -hmm. And he said, I want you to pray with me. Mm -hmm. And what happens? He's on his pretty much prostrate on his face Mm -hmm. and sweating blood and dealing with the suffering that he's going to have to deal with. And he comes back his apostles are sleeping Mm -hmm. and what does he say could you not stay Mm -hmm. awake with me Mm -hmm. for one hour Mm -hmm. and I don't know about anybody else but that is constantly booming Mm -hmm. through my head I'm only Mm -hmm. asking for one hour from yes
0: yes and
1: if I say I love Jesus I better be out there or whatever it is I'm being called to do that's right and in all honesty that one hour is so rich and whether you're interacting with somebody or not, your prayers are going to be answered, not in the way you necessarily think they might be or should be, but graces will abound. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, truly, that's that's really my main message, is if you want to be a prayerful person yeah. and you want to reap a relationship with Jesus, you stand out there and you will be blessed.
0: Yeah, you know, when we talk about virtue, we say it's that firm disposition, to do the good. And what you find in the Christian life, Mary, is the more sacrifices that you make for Jesus Christ, the more sacrifices you want to make for (laughs) Jesus Christ, because it's that overarching principle, what you feed grows. Suddenly, you want to spend more than an hour. Suddenly, you're so enriched, you want to pray more, fast more, do all these things for those who are the most defenseless. And so this is very important for for the mission of, of the culture of life, but also lest we, we forget that we're going to be held accountable for the ways in which we witness to, to truth. Are, are we succumbing to the culture of death, which I always just try to simplify for our listeners as the absence of love? Are we going to you know rise up and, and do something about it? And so our subject matter tonight is very important in that vein. Mary, I was hoping to talk about Okay, 40 Days for Life, what do you do? You're there praying in front of the clinic for an hour. I have received the question, and I'm sure you've received the same question multiple times. Joe, okay, I get the power of prayer, but why do you have to be in front of the clinic? What's the point? And there's a lot to be shared there. Maybe I guess I'll, I'll start, Mary, with the personal experience I had, that you get a lot of people actually stopping giving you the thumbs up or stopping and giving you the thumbs down. And now I'm on air. I can't say the exact words, but there are certain expletives that are being said. And it strikes me because some have said to me, well, but how are you evangelizing? How are you actually witnessing the faith if you're just standing there? Well, first of all, mindful of the great words of St. Francis of Assisi, you know, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words because of where we're standing and because of the importance of this topic of abortion uh, and and life, you can be rest assured that just standing there praying, you are witnessing because it touches so many people in ways that we can never imagine. I remember the um, Walk for Life West Coast in San Francisco, the gal who came two years after being in San Francisco uh, on her honeymoon. She Quote unquote," stumbled upon the Walk for Life West Coast, it so moved her that she vowed to come back two years later and she bared testimony to now being adamantly pro-life because, yes, she heard the speakers and the speakers moved her, but she saw literally the thousands of people, I think 45,000 in number, Walk for Life. And the witness, this the collective witness overwhelmed her and since then, now in her local community, she's a very strong advocate for pro-life. So in the world of the silent witness, in the world, uh, Mary, of that quiet walking or standing, whether it be in front of a Planned Parenthood clinic or Embarcadero Street on San, in San Francisco, there's power behind it because the nature of what we're witnessing, too.
1: That's what's so striking. Here you are, you're just standing quietly and praying, and you can get into the mindset that, well, what am I doing out here? Is it being effective? But if you weren't effective, you wouldn't be getting any responses. And that's mm-hmm. always what surprises me out there is that, and to be honest, there's many times, if you ask me, oh, okay, what's the ratio of positive to negative, I can't tell you mm-hmm. because to me, it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, but each reaction that I've gotten from people, I just turn it right over to the Lord and realize Amen. that whether it's a positive reaction, they know what's happening. Whether it's a negative reaction, they're affected. Something is hitting them hard. And obviously there's a woundedness. So as far as you praying for somebody, it's a win-win situation. If somebody's you know condemning you or angry at you, really they're looking at themselves and saying, I have to justify whatever I did. And... Of course they need prayers. How, how difficult, whatever they are experiencing, whatever they experience, for them to be so blatantly angry at somebody that they don't even know. And for what? Standing out there. That's yeah. it. So it's an actual place to witness with no words and just a peaceful presence.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, it's, it's like, what is evangelization? It comes in many, many forms if those people come and stop to us, which they have. In fact, we had some young man who came up and said, why on earth would you be doing this? Mm -hmm. Why aren't you down at the uh, uh, army Army depot saying, you know, we shouldn't be be involved with wars? And it was pretty easy to respond. I said, well, you know, really, if you look at the numbers, they're not even close and mm-hmm. he goes well how come i can't get people to come down to the you know army area or whatever to stop the wars and i said well you know this is really more important because these people are totally defenseless mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you know it was an interesting conversation
0: yeah and as you're talking i, I think y- you said the key word there woundedness because there is a lot of woundedness and That's why disposition is so important as it relates to how we engage these folks. I know, certainly, Mary, you've had many experiences in this, uh, but it's so important not to be combative, but really to engage in charity. You know, that great passage from uh, 1 Peter 3.15, that we are to engage them in reverence and gentleness and give them reasons for the hope that is inside of us. And that hope is Jesus Christ, that we have come here to defend the defenseless in the name of Jesus Christ. And that wins people over. I think it's very disarming, and that's why it's so important. Now, on another level, it's difficult for some, and I get that, because (laughs) you are in a battle. Anytime you're in a battle, it's very easy to get emotional. It's very easy to get um, more than just a a little charged up. But all all the more reason, Mary, to draw back go to that prayer that you talked about as it relates to, yeah, when you see that wound, when someone decides to, to show you one of their fingers, to go to the inner recesses of your heart and to pray for that person. And maybe you were there in front of the clinic to pray for that one person and to do it in that disposition of gentleness, reverence, but always willing to give reasons why you believe what you believe. And of course, in the example you just had given, why you are there when you start talking about numbers because this is the great war this is the holocaust of today and when you start talking numbers it's not even close really
1: it's actually shocking but in terms of the disposition i have to admit and i'll admit to anybody it's it's i'm fearful when i go out at first
2: sure sure you know and
1: i have to you know i have to pray and ask the holy spirit to come and be with me And all the angels and saints and all the people in prayer that I have. And we do have people who can't come out to the clinics for whatever reason. But they've promised to pray for those who are out there, which is I want everybody to know that because there's a lot of people involved with the prayer on the outside. But Mm -hmm. the actual people who go out there are really the last sign that possibly a child could be saved Mm -hmm. and the first sign of a woman coming out after she's experienced the abortion of her being saved and the possibility of her seeing somebody love them and that's the thing when you go out there you have to be that safe person engage and smile regardless of what they're doing because who among us has not blown it Mm -hmm. and who among us has not had misinformation and acted on that misinformation. Amen. And that to me, if I didn't feel the f- love of Christ for me, and frankly, there go I, but by the grace of God, mm-hmm. I know my sins and they're ever before me. Like mm-hmm. Psalm fifty one, I absolutely love that Psalm mm-hmm. because I can't walk out there without knowing that. Yeah. And if God's if I accept God's forgiveness of my sins, how can I not hope that everybody who is being led or is leading somebody else in a direction that's not life giving for them, mm-hmm. where'd the hope be? i mm-hmm. got, that's what I want to give them is hope.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's the beautiful thing about it. Just by standing there, you can be a sign of hope that somebody is there caring, which actually people have said that not that they tell, tell us at the time, just because somebody was standing out there praying and they yeah. saw it, they believed that somebody cared about them. Mm-hmm. And that's with no interaction.
2: Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, having our sins before us, ever before us, like like a thin veneer, you know, is quintessential to anything that we do. You know, I mean, that's the wisdom behind Matthew 7, 1-5, to when Christ condemns judgment. Christ is not saying... Uh, do not make judgments upon what is right from what is wrong. Clearly, um, there is right from wrong. He sets up the objective moral standard. But what he's saying is you cannot judge what you do not see. And that, of course, is the heart. The Matthew 7, 1, 5 is, especially in that opening verse, is do not judge. Do not condemn. And that's the thing. We, We are not condemning anyone. We're loving and that's what uh, again the gospel is all about and doing so in light of our own weakness and that's that's really the genius of paul and all of Christianity because when we see that we are now all the more dependent upon christ to be christ to everyone around us and what else could we possibly be who else could we possibly be yes you're mary and i'm joe and we bring who we are to what we do, but it's always with Christ before us. And I, what does he say? Deny self, pick up your cross, and follow me. We put Christ before us. And yeah, rooted in a relationship with Jesus Christ, allow those people who, as you said, and I love that, Mary, as they're coming out after they just had an abortion, when they are at their deepest point of despair, that they see someone who is safe. They see someone who just might care. And that someone might be something worth hoping for.
1: And that's, that's the thing people say, well, you know, again, how many people have you, quote unquote, saved? And really, God doesn't give us the numbers. And what if it's just one? <laughs> yeah. What about that one? Yeah. And that's the thing that it, it's to me, it's like the numbers, that's not my business in reality. It's, am I doing what Jesus is asking me to do? And I think that's one of the things that people don't realize, the power that they have in just standing and praying and accepting that Jesus is going to be with me and trusting that he is going to be with me out on that sidewalk.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: if people in this town could just stand and pray and trust that place would be shut. And, mm-hmm. and people go, well, if it's shut, what would you do with all these services? Frankly, most of the services that they have there are in Butte County Health Department anyway.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: that's the thing. We always provide people with alternatives because there's obviously, when people are going in there, there is a woundedness to begin with. What are their relationships that are, are encouraging them to go in that direction? Do they have the self-worth to really realize that they are precious Mm
2: -hmm. and they
1: are worth waiting for, whatever Mm -hmm. the context is, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whether they're in a marital relationship and they're going in there or whether they're a boyfriend, girlfriend type relationship or health issues. It's like, would you send anybody else to an area that is having destruct, basically Killing people.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I don't really like to use that, but that in in reality, what ha, what's happening?
0: Yeah, I mean, we have to call it for what it is, you know, and we have to be able to to, to, to do so for the sake of what it is, and then at the same time be able to, to engage it, Mary, in a way that isn't so over the top, that it isn't so uh, imposing. And sometimes, you know, we're here on the radio talking about it using certain language, and and I think people understand it for what it is. Again, going back to the word wound. We have to be able to invite. You know, there's that great phrase from Pope Francis in Joy of the Gospel where he talks about personal accompaniment. Personal accompaniment. What does that mean? It means taking someone by the hand. And I love this phrase, giving them the experience of being listened to. Vital for any and every topic of evangelization. But especially when you're dealing with someone who is broken. And we've all been broken we are all sinners. We all have that thing or whatever it may be in our past that we don't want to talk about. And certainly, if you're out there and you've had abortion, you know, we pray for you and uh, and, and we hope that you are, you know, working with someone that might help you reconcile and continue to reconcile your relationship with God. But in the end, the experience of being listened to mary is so important
1: it's super uh important because one of the things that we encourage people to do is first of all smile greet with love what does that mean just being open and also you know we have literature people need the help so we can offer that literature but absolutely ask people why are they there if they're willing to engage and listen with capital l-i-s-t-e-n listen because I think that's the biggest difficulty. People are not listened to anymore. People are on text. they're you know, mm-hmm. seeing things on the internet, <laughs> on TV or whatever, or you know, hearing things, but they're not listened to. And that's where you really get at the core. Mm-hmm. But you can't, somebody's not gonna come towards you or even trust you if you're angry. Mm-hmm. And that's the beautiful thing about the people who do go out on that sidewalk is that they're gentle, at least if they're involved with 40 Days for Life. I'm going to yeah. qualify that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but we ask people to be gentle, kind, peaceful, and, you know, ask for the love of the Lord. And
0: That's the invitation. That's that, it. I mean, that's the invitation, Mary. Because when you start talking about interpersonal dynamics and someone actually coming to you and wanting to talk to you about it, they have to feel, as you already said, safe. They have to feel comfortable to be able to listen. And I love the fact that you even talk about social media there because there's no capacity to actually listen, right? You can't hear a text and unless maybe you hear a beep that you have a text, right? But you can't <laughs> you can't hear the words. And in the world of interpersonal dynamics, that is essential in the process of that listen and response relationship. Absolutely essential. That dynamic of hearing with ear. And I wanted to make another point and and this is so important. Existentially speaking, you you can't you can't just go out there and force a smile. You can't just go out there and be someone that you're not. And I think this is where the challenge we kind of come full circle here a little bit Mary where we have to challenge ourselves. Are we disposed? Are we ready to go out there? Are we in that space? where we are going to be that invitation? Are we in that living relationship with Jesus Christ where we're going to actually communicate the love of Jesus Christ and embrace the challenge if maybe someone comes to me very combative? Now, we have to be able to say, okay, you know, where am I at? And again, this is why I like um, these kinds of apostolates, because they draw that out, and it's so important.
1: Well, that's where you yeah, know the Corinthians comes in. You know, mm. what is love? And it's so beautifully described. Are you being gentle? Mm. Are you being kind? Are you being angry? Are you being, again, you patient? patient? Mm-hmm. And are you being present? Mm-hmm. You can't be all these things without actually being present. You have to mm-hmm. be present first. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you asked, you know, what are we doing out there? We're being present so that we can show people are loved. Mm -hmm. Period. Really? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) fundamentally, Christianity is a, a social church. We cannot isolate ourselves. Christ dwelt among us. The flesh dwelt among us so as to communicate his presence and to show us that the Christian vision is based upon where two or more are gathered in my name. So to be able to embrace that, and to appreciate the value and the importance of presence. For some out there, especially within the context of social media, I think it, it has become easy to isolate ourselves, to draw back, and to, be, to get lost in, in one article after another, one outlet after another. And uh, it's important to be present to, to, to the fact that we need to be present. So important.
1: And, and that's, that's what you're doing out there. It's so simple. And it's so gentle and it's peaceful.
0: Amen. Amen, Mary. Well, our time has flown by here this evening. Um, You know, maybe some logistics, some practicals, 40 Days for Life here in the Chico area starts when? It
1: starts September 24th and it goes through November 2nd. And we have a website, uh, uh, 40daysforlife.com forward slash Chico. And you can sign up for emails or websites and actually connect and be on the actual schedule, or you can just go out.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: There's nothing restricting you from that.
0: And this 40 days for life is synchronized, just not across the country, but the world in the same, with the same 40 days, correct? Yep. Because I know we have a lot of listeners who live outside of Chico, live outside, outside of the state of California. So maybe if you are being introduced to the 40 Days for Life uh, here in this radio program. Check in your local area to see if you have a 40 Days for Life. And if you don't, Start one. maybe maybe you might be experiencing that uh, apostolic burning within. <laughs> okay. All right, Mary, <laughs> let us close with prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and never shall be, world without end. Amen. Oh. And God bless you.